people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, as many of us know, positive attitude and making the most of your life is so important when you have a chronic illness. You know, I had the opportunity to speak to Deborah Ramsey from Zion, Illinois, and she just had the most amazing positive attitude. And in addition, she's had a transplant for 26 years. So uh, welcome to the program, Deborah. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about how your transplant came about 26 years ago and what was the cause of needing a transplant? Well, I... Like many people in the 50s when I was born, um, we became ill with uh, glenmerial nephritis, which became a chronic condition after kidney infections, and uh, high blood pressure became a factor. That runs in my family. And just uh, slowly, the deterioration of the kidneys um, made me go into renal failure, and then I had the transplant because um, my sister was going to donate her kidney to me, but she became pregnant. And uh, we decided to wait till after the baby was born. But in the meantime, I said, well, I'm going to just put my name in the computer. And this was back in 1982. And um, two and a half years later, um, I received the gift of life. Uh, the phone call came on December 11th, 1984, and it was a cadaver kidney. And I went to the hospital, and that night was transplanted, planted, and been um, doing very, very well. One, one episode of rejection in the hospital, but then after that, I've had very few problems with the kidney. I'm very, very grateful. You've had this transplant for 26 years, and what is your creatinine running today? 0.9. Wow, that's amazing. I'm a 0.8, and I, I can only hope that I can be 0.8 for 24 years, especially from a deceased donor. I mean... Um, that's pretty remarkable. And so when you were going through some of this process, I mean, you, you talk about you've had to take a lot of medications over the year. And explain a little bit about that, because you said they have caused some side effects, because the medications are getting better now, but you still have to take them. Yes. Um, they started me out on cyclosporin, and of course that does do, actually, it can be detrimental to the kidney and the liver after a long period of time. So I was only on that for about three years. Uh, So I don't really have any side effects from that particular drug. But then they started me on the regimen of Imuran and prednisone. And those uh, are, of course, known, the prednisone especially, to have side effects on the joints. And also these, I had cataracts due to that. It does run in my family as well, but uh, at an early age I had to have the uh, surgery for cataracts. I have had a knee replacement. My joints are, I have arthritis and osteoporosis, very, very thin skin. I just brush up against uh, a door jam, and I, my skin sometimes breaks open. But um, as I mentioned before, Lori, when you and I talked before, it's a small price to pay for the, the health and the amount of things I'm able to do now. So I live with some of the side effects with joy. 
I'm glad they're there. It could be a lot worse. Well, when I spoke to you, you seem like one of the most busiest persons mm -hmm. I have ever met. And, you know, just for one example, um, you fostered 11 kids, mm -hmm. and you ended up adopting two. Yes, we did. And um, what, what was, I mean, that just must have been crazy, just, you know, trying to manage your illness. And and you, you own a family-owned meat store that you run. Well, I found that staying busy is actually uh, medicine. It's a great way of keeping your kidney because you are have a positive outlook. You're, you don't have a lot of time to feel sorry for yourself. Um, the things that I have dabbled into are mostly my even the job I have today with the feed store, but also I work with the mentally challenged. These types of jobs, foster parenting, things like that, they're an eye-opener to what it could be, you know, things could be worse. I wasn't a foster child at a very loving family. My grandfather, whose business I own now, was, you know, one of my mentors. I'm so fortunate to have such a wonderful family. And then also when we speak of the mentally challenged and I, I cook them dinner or I take them on an outing, they're so grateful for just one little tiny thing. It just makes me realize how, how important accepting some of our calamities as, like I said, joyful things, because it could be so much worse. I'm, I'm feeling good. I have um, financially, you know, I'm not hurting like some of the people are today. Uh, as far as my health, yeah, well, you know, I got to take the good with the bad, but I do own this feed store that's directly across from one of the uh, cancer treatment centers of America. And uh, these people have come from all over the world, really to Zion, Illinois, which is the Chicago branch, and they are here because their disease, well, there's no dialysis for cancer, and, you know, the transplant situation for some of the patients is there, but they have so many more setbacks and, and drugs to take, and uh, these treatments, the chemotherapy or the radiation, have so many more side effects than dialysis or imuranoprednisone that I look at my illness as minor. Well, it is true. I mean, we sometimes get stuck in our little world and we think, oh, wow, you know, my life is so bad. And then, you know, you get out in the community, you go to a children's ward of whether they're sick or, you know, you just get out of yourself. You help someone else and it makes you feel better yeah. and realize how much you have to be grateful for. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not one, I'm very uncomfortable sitting still. I'm very uncomfortable without having something on my plate. So I, sometimes I do have to sit back and say, hey, the, your, plate, your, your plate's a little too full. You know, you're going to have to cut a few things out because you're not doing, you're doing a disservice to the, the things I'm involved in if, if I'm involved in too many things. But, yeah, there's not too many dull moments in, in the Ramsey household. <laughs> well, if you want something done, ask a busy person, mm -hmm. I always say. I've heard that. Well, you know, uh, you have such a positive attitude, but what are some of the strategies that you take when you are feeling down or, or kind of falling down that hole? I know that uh, for a while I was really having a difficult time when I just bumped myself. My, You know, you look down at your hands and they're all mm -hmm. bruised and sure. you get frustrated because, you, you know, you want to go to an event. And, mm -hmm. you know, I found makeup. I found everything mm -hmm. to cover them up. But you know, we have to employ certain strategies. Uh, one of mine is creative projects and playing with my animals. What are some of the things that you do to help, you know, maintain this positive attitude? Well, you, 
you did say something about um, our physical body does change and the bruises on my arm from the, uh, the thin skin or some weight gain that I've had or the, my facial skin coloring is somewhat like it's, it's discolored and there's little wavy vine veins in the cheeks with what, things like that. And I'll tell you what happened to me one time. And yes, you know, I, I conceitedly can say that as a youngster, I was, I was kind of a knockout. I was a pretty cute little chick. And I enjoyed uh, wearing a bikini and whatnot. I was a gymnast in college and, you know, just had a nice shape. So after my body began to change and I wasn't very good looking, in fact, I look in my mirror and, you know, I would get a little down. I was in the supermarket and, and some people would stare at me. I taught music for a while to young children and uh, some of the kids would ask me if I was having a baby because <laughs> I looked like I was pregnant with an extended stomach like that. Or, uh, oh, Mrs. Ramsey, what's wrong with your fingernails? Things like that. And I would explain to the children. But I was in the grocery store once, and I, I think some little kid was staring at me. And again, it goes back to my previous philosophy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I'm fat and I'm ugly and I've got this crazy-looking face. But um, a woman walked, walked past me. And I felt so sorry for her. Her, she had like wart-type growths all over her face. And she was rather large, much larger than me. And she was using a walker. And again, I just thought, you know, God put that lady right there in front of me when I was feeling sorry for myself to once again say, it could be worse. You're fine. Uh, beauty is only skin deep, those kinds of things. And from then on, you know, I didn't really pursue any, like, putting on a lot of makeup. I'll wear it now and then, but I just feel like when I start to talk or when I tell some of my situation, if, if they want to ask, I'll tell them. Uh, and then, they, then their demeanor changes. And instead of looking at me like maybe I'm a little strange looking, they look at me like, wow, you know, she's got a good attitude. So that's what happened to me, and I, I feel that... Um, Again, beauty is only skin deep. Well, it's crazy. You know, when you're younger, everything is like, oh, how do I look? And you actually look pretty good and you don't really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I see that consistently when I go to the gym. I mean, there's just these young girls working out and they're so critical about their body. And, and then as you get a little older, I mean, I guess the blessing is you try to accept it and, you know, be grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, sometimes that committee in my head will pop up and say, well, you should be this and you should be that, you should be all these different things. But, I mean, I basic, basically that discounts, you know, why we got a transplant is to enjoy our life and not beat ourselves to a pulp. <laughs> right. One thing that I'm very fortunate is my transplant and illness didn't get really, uh, you know, physically, it didn't affect me physically until after I was married, after I'd already had a child. Um, I was established, I graduated from college, I kind of sown my oats, so I was 29, I, I celebrated my 29th birthday in the hospital, and so I was already on that road of, you know, been there, done that, don't have to look uh, real cute, petite anymore, I, I was a little bit already satisfied with growing older and aging gracefully. So how often now do you have to go for checkups? Um, you know, every you three months. Every three uh, months you mm -hmm. continue to go? Yeah. And I just see my internist. I don't see the nephrologist. Um, as I said previously, I really haven't had any trouble with the kidney 
my my doctors now are my orthopedic surgeon. Uh, <laughs> my blood pressure is still under control. Uh, my internist takes care of that. My cholesterol is uh, high. My internist takes care of that. Uh, I've had uh, I did have a lump dec- lumpectomy. It was non-cancerous, but so I had a um, uh, a surgeon do that. So <laughs> I don't really see the nephrologist that much because the number is always really acceptable. Got to deal with other things. And I mean, I think that's one of the things as transplant recipients that um, those preventative mammograms, anything you can do. I mean, I've had a couple of lumps removed too, and they haven't been cancerous. But had I not had regular mammograms, uh, who knows? Right. And so um, because we are more at risk for cancer, we have to be more careful with sunscreen and, uh, you know, preventing. uh, skin cancer, any of those right. those elements, because it is. And then you start seeing every single doctor. I listed my doctors one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like as long as the medication list. Yeah. <laughs> pages, right. I know it's pretty crazy. Is to stay on your medication, whether you're feel. I I never felt that. Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm not. I'm going to skip a week or even a day. Right. I have a little mantra to myself when I walk out the door. Do I have my glasses on? Do I have my keys, my cell phone, and did I take my pills? Well, you know, you inspire me because we need to share each other's stories, and we have uh, setbacks or we don't feel good. I've been dealing with some bursitis in my hip, okay, which is a little new for me. And I, I mean, have you ever had bursitis? It's it's not fun. No, I have. I do. I have uh, a chronic bursitis in my shoulder. Oh, it's not fun, and so they're, they're thinking it will go away. But you know, you get up in the morning, you got one more ache, and you're like. Mm-hmm. How do I get through another ache? And then you just got to find the strength and, you know, look at all the things you have to be grateful for and all the good things in your life as opposed to focusing on the negative. Absolutely right. Well, this is one quote that I love, and I think it really um, uh, uh, says a lot about you. But there's a quote that says, the harder you're thrown, the higher you bounce. Okay. (laughs) And I love that quote because of the fact that it is sometimes the harder you're thrown, the more things that can happen to you, the more you can enjoy life. And it's hard to see sometimes, but uh, but I think about that. I was just talking to a friend of mine that she's going to have to have one of her kidneys removed that was a previous transplant. And I never had to have those things happen to me, knock on wood. And you just feel more grateful that, you know, you think about all the things that are going right in your life instead of things that are going wrong. I wanted to tell you one more small story that just happened sure. to me yesterday. One of my customers came in, and she's actually was one of my adopted daughter's kindergarten teachers, so we're going way back now. And she her, she lost her son uh, to a heart attack, you know, playing in the uh, yard with his sons. It was a very sudden thing. He was in his 40s. And she thought of me, and, and she donated all of his organs that could be used. And just recently, she received a little packet from our Gift of Hope here in Illinois, the Organ Procurement Center, and she told me that there was an article about me in the package about someone who had received a, a, a transplant and how my life was. Because I, I, I must have given the uh, permission for Gift of Hope to share my story with anyone. But it was uh, ironic how one of my daughter, who uh, had this woman for kindergarten, and then later on in life she lost her son, and... We're all connected, I guess I'm trying to say. We're all connected, and if we try to help each other in the long run, we are helping ourselves. The secret to happiness is helping someone else. I mean, you know, basically. It is. (laughs) And to have hope. 
and to have hope. hope. Well, what we say, you need, you need, you need health, and I guess that's you know definable by everybody. You need happiness and hope. And uh, you've certainly given me a lot of hope because you have a 0.8 creatinine 24 years post-transplant. 0.9. Oh, 0.9. 0.8, minus Okay, 0.9. yeah, 0.9 <laughs> creatinine. And uh, I think probably a lot of people on the call uh, aspire to have a, a transplant as long as you. So thank you very much right. for sharing your story. Thank you. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 